I want to add to that, actually, because, of course, if I was going to say it as Gwedegor and I should say Capital FM, Mo Station. There you go. So that's my station. And with that, I'm Alan Moore and this is Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am your host and I'm going to guide you through. Um, listen, you're going to join us on a festive sleigh ride through the very best news, views, previews, reviews and interviews in the Winterland of World Sports. Okay, so there you go. I messed that up, but it was a good one. Okay, as we all count down to 2021, the sports action is hotting up. Yes, and even heating up. Uh, because with the, the action on and off the field everywhere we look, we just might have, well, you know, we might have jinxed Locomotive uh, because their general director has just quit days after we had our friend Kirill Bredo on with us. But I don't think it's down to us, but there you go. Andrew Flinty is going to tell us why uh, Mr. Kiknadze left his post and also what is going to happen with the English football party season. Yes, of course, it was, yes, it was Boxing Day. Lots of action. And, of course, there's games going on right now. Liverpool are 1-0 up against West Bromwich Albion with about, about 15 minutes to go in that 
game. That is in part one. And then we're going to be joined by Kieran from the uh, the Transfer Exchange show. He's going to talk just what's going to happen. Tell us what's going to happen with Brexit because it's coming in on the 1st of January and there are a lot of changes and a lot of players will not be able to come to England anymore. It's going to be very, very difficult. We will explain why. And then Andy Mack, he is going to take up the baton um, in part two. He's going to talk a bit more about Brexit and also he's going to round up the biggest news around European football this year. Well, this part of the season anyway is half of the year. In part three, we're going to have the first of our two quizzes to end the year because we're going to end the year with screams of laughter because, my God, last week I was still struggling very, very badly. Um, and we have a surprise guest host or even a hostess. In part four, we're going to open with author Karan Tijuani. Of course, he launched his book Wings of Change with us here and he's going to talk about, tell us about how a football agent, a very, very famous one and a very good friend of uh, Jose Mourinho, has his own award show where he wins Best Agent of the Year, year in, year out. There you go. If you have the money, you can do it. Um, and then Alex B is going to join us to round up the state of North American sports as we end the year because, of course, the NFL is down to last chance to lose for money. The NBA has restarted and the NHL is going to come back next month. Alex B is going to tell us all about that. In part five, Alexander Zotov is finally going to join us to talk about just how winter could be very, very bad for some in Russian football. And then, of course, we have the grand finale of the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. And, of course, back in the studio, or still in the studio, well, we did leave to go home last week, but he's back with me this week. Um, double N, double N, how was your Christmas? Um, yeah, it was good, but waiting for a better, bigger New Year. Yeah, that is true. New Year's Eve, of course, is big for here. We were actually speaking about it in the way in today, but the, the delight of finding presents under the tree. Um, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? That whole it's thing, it's a magical, magical time of year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, he's very, he's very lyrical at the moment. He's going to start singing in a moment if I don't stop him. But I'm going to go straight away out to two men where there's a lot more snow than Moscow, and it's a heck of a lot colder as well. Andrew <laughs> Flint, season's greetings to you, my buddy. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you too, boss. Um, it is cold, but it's warmer now because we have capital sports on, of course. <laughs> I tell you, listen, I know, I know it's a weird one for us because we'll speak about it later on in the show because we're all very, very far away from home. You know, like, you know, we are far away from home, I'm far away from home. So it's always nice to sort of connect with the loved ones. But as I was speaking with Danny Armstrong today, um, FaceTime doesn't do it, but at least we can do a little bit of it here on Capital Sports. Yeah, we can, exactly. It's, uh, there's so many people who are in different parts of the world to their friends and family, and like you say, uh, video's better than nothing, but uh, better than all of that is, um, well, I, I say it again, it's capital sports, the best <laughs> thing around. Okay, listen, we'll, we'll leave our, our greetings until a little bit later, but first we're going to start away. Um, I, I said at the top of the show, I'm afraid we jinxed him, uh, but Mr. Kiknadze <laughs> left his post. It, it, it is... Uh, we keep doing this on Capital Sports. We actually say something's going to happen, and all of a sudden, or there's like a question about it, and all of a sudden, bang, it happens. Um, tell us why? Why did he leave one of the best clubs in the world? Well, in my opinion. Well, um, Vasily Kignati is is a name that locomotive Moscow fans are not going to forget in a hurry. Um, he perhaps didn't build the the strongest relationship with the with the fan base he brought in uh, Marko Niklic has done I think a very good job and we mentioned this last week on the show um, but he doesn't play the most expensive attractive football um, but you, when you try to 
not ingratiate yourself with a club legend like Yuri Palic Siomin, you're asking for trouble. And um, King Nasir didn't really do that. Um, so he, he has gone, the fans celebrated with fireworks, and quite literally with fireworks. And Lokomotive again have a, a new board in place. Some interesting characters in there, I think. Um, some old faces, some former players um, on the board as well. So I think it will be interesting to see how we settle in. But Kignazzi will not be mourned by the vast majority of locomotive fan base. Okay. Um, is there any sign? I mean, okay, so people coming in, but what kind of, what's this going to do with the direction of the club? Because in all fairness, um, Vasily Kignazzi, he didn't throw out everything that had been done by Ilya Gurkas, for example, beforehand, which was a good thing because there was so much good being done. He kind of continued on a lot. He, you know, kind of strengthened up uh, part of the, the PR around the club, but there were a lot of PR gaps as well. So w- w- what what do you reckon or what do we believe will be changing? Well, you do mention uh, about the PR. These, I mean, it may be a minor part of the overall running of a club, but the the fans' relationship with the social media has been much, much better. Um, and I do think you need to you do need to bear in mind that Lokomotiv have been extremely successful. Yes, okay, they have not got out of the Champions League group stages for the last two years, but the last two campaigns, I'd say, have been extremely promising. Um, the performances have been far better than the results. Um, so it, it wasn't as if it was a complete train wreck um, of a two-year spell. Um, in terms of what's going to happen with the club, there are there's a lot of talk that um, uh, that Shomin will be involved in some way, although officially he's not being appointed. Um, he is friendly, has good relations with a lot of the new board members, um, but I think it would be a big mistake to bring him back in because it's yet again bringing in a, a, a legendary figure that you can't you can't escape the shadow of somebody like him around. Um, so I think the first thing they should do is just take their time. There's no need to rock the boat. Loco are moving in the right direction, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I think would bring Yuri Soman back, I mean, there's the people who come back in with them and that's the kind of where the issues arose. That's where they definitely, definitely arose in relation to Ilya Gurkos and, of course, um, with Eric Stoffelshaus because he did his best to undermine him in every kind of sense of the word. I mean, because, again, he feels he has ownership almost of locomotive, but not in a very good way. Um Okay, let's 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 move on from that at the moment. Uh, Shirokov, you have some uh, lengthening news on that as well. <laughs> well, Roman Shirokov um, got in a bit of trouble uh, in a in a charity game about was it two or three months ago where he physically attacked a referee and he's been sentenced to I think it's a hundred hours of community service. But he, the most bizarre turn of events um, I read about today or yesterday. He is going to sell um, auction off the boots that he was wearing when he was sent off by the referee whom he attacked. So I'm not entirely sure if that is the wisest move. Although yes, you could uh, you could twist it round and donate the proceeds to a charity, but um, you're still drawing attention to the fact that behave rather rather poorly there. Um, yeah. But yes, so we'll see what happens. I mean, that's, it, it's an odd one. I mean, I know Roman, and I I I, I know him well enough. Um, you know, interviewed him, spoke with him. You know, sat down, had tea with him at different times. So, I mean, it's it's 
it's a it's not a good situation um and i was surprised by it I, in all honesty i, I just thought it was an awful thing that he did but you know there before the grace of god uh listen right away i'm gonna let's let's move on from russian football right now because of course there's football going on right now in england so we're gonna have a little bit of a chat about that of course it is now one one between Liverpool and West Brom. We've jinxed Liverpool. We've jinxed Liverpool. We come on air and said it's 1 0. <laughs> and now it's 1 1. And God forbid they concede another goal and lose at home. Because remember, the last, um, you know, the last coach to, I think it was to, to beat Liverpool at, uh, I think actually the last, Sam Allardyce has actually beaten them 60 games ago, I think, at, at Old Trafford in, in the league. Um, <laughs> or maybe I'm wrong with that. But I know that West Brom last season, for example, uh, last time they met three times in the Cup and League, two draws and a win at uh, Anfield. Um, Liverpool are, are also having a few injury problems as well, Andrew. Well, um, I mean, it's been well publicised, of course, that um, Virgil van Dijk was out a, a few months ago. Um, Joel Matip, um, he he came off uh, after an hour in today's game. Um, uh, no real sign either um, of Joe Gomez coming back and their defensive problems are only going to mount more and more. Um, I do think they still have the squad to to challenge for the title so I wouldn't be worrying too much or I would worry if I don't get all three points against a Sam Allardyce side. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how they manage to cope with their, the, the poor lack of five substitutes that is inflicted upon them. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I mean, they, they have had 78% of possession against West Brom tonight. 78%. Uh, they've just <laughs> subbed on a friend of ours, a friend of myself and Andy Max. Um, Emma Sanders is covering for, for BBC and she like she's kind of in shock. Five minutes to go in regular time and um, it's just... It's 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 awful. Liverpool are actually at six and sevens at the moment. They're not playing well. Um, overall, looking at Boxing Day, uh, of course, a lot of games yesterday. Uh, the big one, of course, Leicester and Man United. Man United put a bit of a dent in the Leicester City charge. Two two that ended. Uh, were you happy enough with that? Yeah, well, I suppose you'd have to be. Um, it just felt such a shame to. To, to be leading against a direct rival um, it does feel uh, I'll be honest it feels like slightly drop points but if we win the game in hand then uh, we'll be back up to second so that's that's pretty decent we can't complain with that and especially if <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this but if Sam Allardyce can do us a favour and hold on um, then it turns into a very good point and so against a way to a direct rival you can't argue overall but just felt like a missed opportunity for me it did. I mean, like looking around the, the results yesterday. I mean, Everton, you're winning, and then now they're up into second in the table, which is terrific for them because they they, they started well. They wobbled quite a bit, um, but winning one nil away against Sheffield United, a win is a win is a win. Uh, Man City, of course, they're continuing their revival after looking absolutely wretched earlier on. They won two nil against Newcastle, who are not looking too good at the moment. Arsenal, shocking Chelsea. <laughs> what the heck was that about? Three one. Well, I'll tell. I'll tell you exactly what that was about. That was the capital sports curse that you mentioned. We all unanimously said Chelsea are going to exactly. have no problem at all. And yeah. they had all manner of problems. Um, they had a very youthful side out, Arsenal. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe was starting. Um, Bukayo Saka, of course, he's been a regular for some time now. Um, and I think, really, that's the way that Arteta needs to go. He needs to he needs to trust the guys who are going to put... 110% into it um, and well what can I say I mean it was a, it was a shock the fact that it is a shock at home 
um, when you should really be one of the top three, four, five sides in the country is 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 damning in itself. But three one, I don't think Arsenal will be complaining in the slightest. No, and I guess uh, I mean Frank Lampard, he was absolutely Frank Junior, of course, he was absolutely. Furious afterwards, he and, and he threw the blame to players. He said, "Like the tactics, everyone's prepared well, and the players let him down." Um, do you think the pressure is getting to him? Because I mean, if they had won that, they were you know sliding up, and they you know they were they were really really up there pushing Liverpool. Now Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, I don't know. They look like they're they're not as strong as we thought they were. Well, I think one of the main things for me has been Lampard's lack of ability to get the most out of Timo Werner. Um, when Chelsea signed him this summer, I thought he was the one who was going to make the difference because he is absolutely blisteringly quick. And it seems a little, I don't know, almost schoolboyish just to lump him out on the on the left wing where he's played most of the season so far. That's not where he plays. He's a central striker. He can drift from out wide, but he has to be largely the central man. Um I don't think it showed a great deal of maturity from Lampard either to throw the players directly under the bus. Um, so I, I think he is showing signs of cracking a bit under the pressure. That's what, three losses in the last four games. Um, and they would have been right up there. Mathematically, still not that far off. But I do think these are the sort of games he needs to show a bit more, uh, I don't know what it is really, strength of character perhaps. Um, but he's feeling the pressure, all right? Yeah, it looks like 89 minutes gone. Um uh, what should we call him? Sadio Mane did a major dive. He should have been yellow carded for it uh, in the penalty box. Um, he, he just it was it was terrible. Uh, and Mo Salah, you know, he he had a chance and bottled it as well. Before we go, okay, before we go, uh, I want to ask you about Mo Salah. He gave an interview to a Spanish newspaper. He was asked a very simple question: um, Would you ever like? Would you like to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona? And he kind of said, "Well, you never say never." You know, and I mean, it was a very simple thing. It's kind of a, a he's been accused of flirting with them and so on and so forth. But this isn't like, you know, you know, six points of lager and a bag of chips and then kind of like going, oh, like, you know, like trying to chat up a girl. He just is like answering something simple. Now, Klopp went off at, at reporters about this, said, oh, you must have nothing to write about. You think that there is discontent in the camp because Salah feels he should be captain of Liverpool um, in the absence of Virgil van Dijk. But it, it just might not be the case. I don't really read a great deal of um, a great deal into this, and because look, Mo Salah is he's a player who is well. He's firstly, he's electric when he when he is in the mood. There's, he's virtually unstoppable, but he's not a player to drive a team forward. And I don't mean that's a criticism of it. That's not his role in the side. There are far more likely candidates um, to to be standing captain ahead of him, um, but for Jurgen Klopp to go to go so strongly against reporters to just simply do their job. If a player leaves it open and doesn't rule out a possibility of going to another club in the future, then they're not doing their job by not reporting it. Um, it's not them searching it out. Salah could easily have said, no, I'm happy here, and he didn't. Does it mean he's going to go? No, they're just reporting what he said. So I think uh, perhaps Jurgen Klopp is feeling a little bit of pressure as well. Um, but I, don't, I wouldn't read too much into the whole Salah possibly leaving or not. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that because I mean, you know, reporters are going to report what they're given. It is kind of that um, that 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 moment when you said, like, you know, have like have you you know have you doped? And then it's like oh, I've never failed a test. So that's basically what Mo, Mo Salah said in every sense of the word. Okay, Andrew will be back, of course, with us later on in this show. So thank you for that, folks. We will look well because, of course, payday was a couple of days ago for us all, and uh, so now you can go ahead and start spending some lovely presents um, for those loved ones in your life. So this is Sigala. And just got paid back after this with Andy Mack. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I should grow up someday, cause I got bills to pay. I can't be waking up at someone else's place. I know I drink too much, can't pay my rent this month. I should be saving up, but I just got
этот фестиваль. Мечтают попасть все поклонники электронной музыки. Билеты расходятся за 5 минут после начала продаж. Лучшие мировые диджеи стоят в очереди, чтобы выступить на нем. Это легендарный Tomorrowland. Пока мы все ждем открытия границ и возобновления фестиваля, Tomorrowland и Capital FM приглашают тебя на главную новогоднюю вечеринку года. Tomorrowland New Year Eve. Armin Van Buren, Camelfat, Dimitri Vegas and Like Mike, David Guetta, Charlotte DeWitter, Martin Garrix, Diplo and many others. Слушай в эфире Capital и смотри онлайн 31 декабря. Возьми вечера. Подробности на сайте capitalfm.moscow. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And I have an update on that game, uh, of course, between Liverpool and West Bromwich Albion. It's full time, and West Brom have gotten a point. There you go. So I think nobody's surprised with that. Uh, are you surprised, Andrew Flint, because you stayed on with us to gloat just a little bit? <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised at all. Everybody knows that if you can drink a pint of wine, then you've got the tactical lines you need to beat Liverpool. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sam. He's the man forward. I mean, I, I was thinking he was going to wait a little bit longer to kind of like build up West Brom because, of course, they are, you know, they, they are second to bottom. I mean, they, they're not as bad as Sheffield. They have won one game this year uh, or this season so far. Of course, they're on eight points, but um, they're five points away from safety. But I, I have a feeling that Big Sam could get them there. Well, I hate to blimmin' admit this, but he he will be as ugly and brutal as he likes, and he probably will be the man to, to save them from relegation. But what about his um, football? I mean, well, football doesn't really come into it as long as he gets the points. <laughs> no, like you said, he's, he's he's ugly and brutal, but like, I mean, yeah, well, that's a, a given. But um, no, I mean, I, like, I'm, all jokes aside, I think it's it's a good point for West Brom, and you know, good to see that the, the smaller clubs punching above their weight. Um, Andrew, um, just because we we didn't want to announce, it, we wanted a little bit later on, but we've had a couple of messages in saying, uh, you know, what's happened with the poll because we put out a poll earlier on today, uh, and you can message in plus seven ninety four. Five one 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 zero five three, and tell us what you think, Andrew. Tell us we had three polls, and I'm not talking Polish people. Three polls, as in voting polls. Uh, one was the best um, Russian Premier League player this year in 2020. Uh, who were the candidates, and who won it? Well, we put out a poll for um, Nikola Vlasic. Uh, Tisco Moscow, Sada Ausmoon, who finished last season as the top scorer. He was joint top scorer with Artem Zuba, but he's classed as the top scorer because he got more from open play. Jordan Larson, Spartak Moscow, and Zuba himself. And our followers voted for Nikola Vlasic with just over 50% of the votes, which I think was the right call by by some distance because he is so important to Tisco. I'm not saying that Ausmoon, Larson, and Zuba are not effective, but Without Vlasic, Tisca have become a very, very ordinary side. So I think he is the most impactful player in the Russian Premier League. So um, I agree with our followers. OK, and that is great, of course, uh, for Nikola Vlasic. I've known him since he was a wee boy. Um, worked with his sister, worked with his dad. And the last time I saw him was actually in a, uh, a wholesaler's uh, like for, for garden furniture and so on in Split. 
just a side of split. And, uh, yeah, so he's come a long, long way. Long, long way, Nicola. Well done. Okay, and the second one, of course, was the Russian Premier League manager of 2020. And who was up for the nod and who won it? Well, um, obviously, we had Sergei Semak up for contention. He won the title in 2019-2020. Dominika Tedesco, uh, Marco Nikolic for for taking over a very difficult position, uh, and Vladimir Fyodorov down at Sochi. Um, Slightly surprising result here, and with almost half the votes was Dominika Tedesco um, at Spartak. I mean, he started off the year with an unbelievable um, result away to Dynamo Moscow, and it was one of the best tactical displays I'd seen of the season. So for that performance, I can understand. But he's lost eight games in the Russian Premier League this calendar year. Semak has only lost two. Well, Semak won the title as well. So um, interesting, that really. I, I actually, I, in fairness, I, I thought the, the Sochi boy would get the nod for it. But there you go, Tedesco. Well done. A lot of Spartak yep. fans, a lot of Spartak fans, very <laughs> happy to see him because they do like him. They do like him. I think he's ordinary. I think he is you know, quite grumpy, aggressive, but... Then again, he's typical Spartak in a good way. All right. And finally, the World Club of the Year. We had three contenders for it. And who got the uh, Capital Sports laurels? Well, we, we, we went for three European teams. And we, of course, had to have Bayern Munich as Champions League winners, um, Liverpool as uh, English Premier League winners, and Sevilla as yet again Europa League winners I believe that's six times they've won the competition now um, but again it's, it, it may not be original but it is definitely correct uh, Bayern Munich uh, breaking records left right centre with 76% of our votes were decided to be European Wait. Club of the Year 76% voted for Bayern Munich yeah yeah and um, they were up against Liverpool I mean, I can understand <laughs> Sevilla not to mind people going ah yeah if it was Real Barcelona oh, there'd be votes Alan, you've got to remember, our listeners are more discerning than just your, your average, you know, um, <laughs> yellow press readers. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the plastic fans, of course, the plastic Liverpool fans. All right, listen, Andrew, thank you very much. I'll be back with us later on in the show. So thank you for that update. And again, if you have any comments, plus 795 We're going to go to Andy Mack in just one moment. Uh, before we do, of course, there is another game coming up um, later on this evening. It is, yeah, it is Georgie Mendes FC against, can anyone guess? Can anyone guess? Tottenham Hotspur. And we're going to hear a grown woman cry about this. I'm telling you, Eastland is going to bawl her eyes out uh, live on air about this. Um, Andy Mack, how much do you want to see or hear Eastland Cody crying? (laughs) Uh, Are they tears of joy? Um, they're tears. <laughs> Do they matter? A woman's tears is always special. So, oh, oh, that's I'm, that sounds really, you know, uh, I like to play games, kind of thing. You know, like I'm, I'm, this is my room, my games room. You know, <laughs> and there's a PlayStation Five in it. <laughs> all right, Andy. Um, yeah, listen. First of all, first of all, that game. Okay, that uh, game uh, coming up this evening: Wolves against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, how is that going to go? Give us your inside take. Um, My inside take, I haven't seen the team news yet. As This time of year, um, they're quite heavily rotated. But, um, interesting one in the fact that Wolves have started to turn things around a little bit after their their win against Chelsea. But, uh, then a defeat against Burnley (laughs) doesn't really give them a great deal of hope, I don't think. Spurs haven't been great away from home. I think both teams to score and a draw. 
Board draw. Okay, that's a fair. That's a fair enough, one, Andy. Um, because looking at it, I mean, Wolves are down in twelfth place. They're on twenty points and um, play fourteen games. And of course, then Spurs are just a, a wee bit ahead of them, twenty-five points, also with fourteen games. A win will take Spurs up into fourth place ahead of Man United. Um, we were discussing Liverpool dropping two points uh, against West Brom. Should, should, like, does that show where Liverpool have to? go right now or is it just a case that the, the Minos are actually starting to you know, pick up their gloves and batter the heads off Liverpool at the moment? Uh, the Sam Allardyce effect. Um, happy, another happy Christmas for him. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what to say about that one. After Liverpool put seven past Crystal Palace, I think this is probably a mere blip but it will give um, plenty of other teams who haven't had particularly great weekends uh, other than um, uh, Aston Villa, I think, who are now right in the mix with, with teams sort of all taking points off each other. Everton now, all of a sudden, two weeks ago, people were ruling them out and they're back up into second, only three points behind Liverpool. It's so, I mean, 2020 has been so unpredictable. Um, I, I don't see this becoming predictable at any point in early 2021 after saying that Liverpool would probably coast it after two easy games. But it's just impossible to say. And, and Andy, they're, they're, they're top again at Christmas, which is like no one has done this, um, you know, so, you know, three years in a row, uh, or yeah, three years in a row, um, in, in the Premier League since it's been, you know, the inception of the Premier League. Uh, but they do have a tough enough game coming against Newcastle on Wednesday. Uh, it's 11 o'clock Moscow time. Do you think when, like, you know, Newcastle are going to, 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 to look to try and catch them on the hop? Well, I think it'd be a rather large hop with Steve Bruce, obviously a few players all coming back from COVID-19, a little bit of uncertainty in the encamp, no win since they beat West Brom 2-1 and I think they were slightly lucky with Dwight Gale nabbing a late one for them. Um, if Liverpool were anything even near their best, I don't even think they'd have to get that close to it. I think they should beat Newcastle. Um, it's one of those one of those times of year we're having squad members and I think Liverpool kind of proved it mixing it about last week um, that if you've got players that can fill in very quickly and Newcastle do not um, so at this time of year squads at the top end of that half of the, the table I think will start to pull away and I think that will be the case for a few of them and I don't think Newcastle fall into that category at the moment Okay, because I mean, looking tomorrow uh, at six o'clock Moscow time, because it's nearly a three o'clock kickoff. Of course, it's Bank Holiday in the UK. Um, Crystal Palace against Leicester City. Now, Leicester win that match and they put themselves back up. They're only a point then off Liverpool. Of course, they will have played one game more. Um, but Crystal Palace are no mugs at the moment. I mean, they're, they're kind of steadying the ship a little bit after losing to Liverpool. It's almost as if they just gave up against Liverpool, but they kind of they, they've saved themselves then for for more important matches like yesterday's game. Well, they've now conceded ten without scoring one in their last two, um, and conceded three against um, Aston Villa, who were who were down to ten for half the game. Um, Sahar with a red card as well, not looking good for them at the moment. But, yes, as you say, they're difficult to break down. And at times when I've watched Leicester, I think they're quite pedestrian with their movement and very reliant on balls going in behind for, for Vardy and co. to chase. Um, and that might actually fall into Crystal Palace's favour. So if they can actually get things right from the start this time around, I think they may be able to hold Leicester at bay for long periods um, and maybe try and snatch one themselves. Uh, and I think Benteke and co. would probably give their defence 
at least some workout. So there's hope um, if they keep it compact and tight, which they normally do. But an early goal, I think it's a disaster for them. Yeah, it could, it could, it could go very, very badly for them. Uh, even though Leicester are up and down, but still they're, they're, they're fighting up the top. Tina, we, we didn't write off, but we were very worried about them in one way. I'm not, not talking about Arsenal, of course, or Double M will hit me or something. Man United are playing on Tuesday. They're home against um, Mendes FC, uh, 11 o'clock uh, on Tuesday. Um, United have surprised us by, by starting to pick up points. They had a draw against Leicester. They're doing well. They're moving up. Do you think that this, this could be a bit of a renaissance and this could be something that, you know, Roy Keane's wet dream come true? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if Roy Keane was to have a wet dream, it, it would more probably be more if Paul Pogba left at some point in early January. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think that do you think that United, if they win that game, they're they're up two points for Liverpool, and of course Everton with a good win yesterday, they you know they win and they're level with Liverpool. But United, I mean, they are starting to at least nudge themselves ahead. Everton, of course, play Man City at home tomorrow evening, eleven o'clock Moscow time. That's going to be a hard one from them. So you'd almost expect to, you know, that the two Manchester's will come away with six points from 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 uh, this week's games. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, Manchester United really um, sort of sparkling into form at the moment at, at, at a key pivotal time in the season. Uh, it, conceding the two against Leicester, yes, they had a goal disallowed. Yes, they probably should have put the game to bed, um, but. It's uh, they're, they're scoring for fun and they've got all of a sudden Cavani gives them something a little bit different to come off the bench. Solskjaer, who ironically would not have been uh, allowed to manage Manchester United um, in a post-Brexit world, um, has started to look like perhaps he might be the right person to take them forward if they can finally sort themselves at the back. Uh, and I know that they're missing uh, Lindelof, who has actually been... a. Um, not a mainstay, but certainly for the last few games has been involved and, and, and even managed to grab a goal as well. Um, so a few concerns, if they can finally get a bit of consistency and get a back four in the mould of what they used to have, where it would be a Pallister and Bruce or, or uh, a Stam and Vidic or etc. like that, where they it's reliable and it's solid, then they could be a real force going forward. So the January window could be very key for them. Uh, Andy, listen, we, we, just a couple of questions have come in. Uh, one from uh, Morat. Um, of course, you get a message on plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Uh, Morat asks, um, do you f- have the feeling that football has been kind of degrading every year with all the financial sort of the, the side taking over players, uh, even the presidents of FIFA and UEFA, uh, that they think more about finance, about the development football? And that's his opinion that it's degrading year on year. Um, what's your hot take on that one in a Peter Lavelle kind of way? Uh, about um, you know we see Mo Salah kind of flirting and sort of batting his eyelids and like lifting his skirt uh, to show his ankle off to uh, Real and Barcelona do you think that football is degrading year on year with the amount of money pouring into it and especially now with the Brexit mess that's lying ahead um, I guess it, it, it would largely depend on how you um, how you define degrading um, I think in a sense that football has kind of distanced itself from the people that that really make it matter, which is the fans, uh, especially in terms of money, uh, in terms of how much it costs to go to go and watch it. In that sense, I definitely think it's degraded, and I think a lot of interest um, from sort of what do you want to call it, passionate, hardcore, lifelong fans. Um, their the, the, the love of the game is probably never going to go away, but they've become so distanced from it because of the the prices. People feel bad or feel left out. In, in, in many ways, but in terms of the actual quality of the football, I think you could probably argue that the money's 
helped it go the other way. Whether it's gone in a good way or not in terms of the, the European and foreign investment is, a, is another argument completely. But certainly from a, a fan's perspective, in terms of seeing the amount of money going into the game and perhaps the fans not actually getting anything really out of that money other than having to pay more to watch it, definitely I think it has degraded. Okay. Listen, uh, finally, before we go away, because we're going to have to come back with the quiz in just a moment, you'll be back with us, of course, for that. Um, quick question that we had the polls, of course, were out about who was the best Russian Premier League player. Um, one of our listeners says uh, that it is Asmoon, said that Asmoon should have been top instead of Nikola Vlasic. Would you agree with that, or you think it should have been Juba? No, I... Um I think the one person that can can turn a game when, when he really is firing is Vlasic this season. Um, um, CSK has struggled for a little period when he wasn't playing well. Um, and I think when he is on fire, I think he is the most exciting player to watch in the, in the RPR. And I don't think Zenit rely quite as much on an Asmin or Zuba. They can rotate through them or even bring a, a Drusi in. And I don't think it has a massive impact on the team, but Vlasic has such, is, is such a key element to what CSK do. I think he probably deserves that one. Okay, listen, Andy Mack, thank you very much. Andy will be staying with us for the quiz. So we're going to go to break right now um, with something to sort of pump us up. This is after a goal. This is like, you'll be doing this home. You go, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, you know what this is. This is Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis. Back after the break with the first of our two quizzes tonight. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Capital FM recommends. Tomorrowland presents a magical celebration at the end of an exceptional year. Be part of a global digital live stream event. Adapted to your time zone on December 31st, together with Armin Van Buren. Camelfat, Dimitri Vegas and Like Mike, David Getter, Diplo, Duck Sauce, Martin Garrix, Charlotte DeWitter, and many others. Tomorrowland. Info at capitalfm.moscow. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, as a little bit of a Christmas treat for y'all, I decided um, that we need to have, uh, well, not just me, our entire team, of course, I'm not just a one-man band, of course, thankfully. Uh, we have the best of the best here with us, of course, and uh, we decided that we would have an extra quiz for you this year because I know a lot of people like to take part at home. Um, and we have a different quiz well, mistress, of course, because uh, Esau Cody is going to take it. So I'm going to intro on, uh, intro on everybody um, in order of competition, and then they'll all say their little well, hello, or whatever it may be, and uh, then we will go straight away to the quiz. So first of all, I will say hello to Andy Mack. Andy Mack, you're back. Andy Mack, are you with us? I think we just lost Andy there a minute ago, so we're going to have to go on without him. You can take his questions, Andy. Oh, oh good Jesus. Uh, Danny Armstrong, you're there with us? I am. <laughs> okay, happy Christmas, Danny. Um, Danny, she'll be here in the studio with us, but uh, we... Well, long story, but he'll be with us right after New Year. Um, Derek, happy Christmas to you. You're there with us? Thanks, thanks. I'm here. You too. Lo- lovely. Uh, Kate Middle, you're there with us as well. Yes, I'm here. Hello. Oh, very, very good. By the way, Kate, just we know she is, uh, as well as being a sports student, she's also a singer-songwriter. Um, Kate, just tell us very, very quickly, where can people listen to your music? Uh, they can hear it uh, everywhere. Uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Yandex, Yandex Music, uh, uh, wherever you want. I think uh, Who6 uh, always find Okay, and of course she sings in English and in Russian as Kate Middle, M-I-D-L, all right. And Peter P, you're there with us, buddy? I am, I am. Merry Christmas, Alan. Merry Christmas, Pete. Are, are you, Pete, where are you at the moment? I've been trying to track you down all week. I'm, I'm in my house, in my room. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Are well, you this, this just got creepy. Were you, were you trailing <laughs> me like the whole week? Yeah, I was like, the goddamn single on your, uh, signal on your transmitter broke down. So I couldn't track you with my phone. All right. Um, that sounds really weird. Like, are you alone in your room? That just sounds very creepy, no matter how, how I put it, Peter. I'm sorry. And of course, our quiz mistress for this evening, uh, because Double N is here. Double N, you're ready for the quiz? Yep, yep. Okay, our quiz mistress is our legal eagle, Isil Cody. Isil, are you ready to roll? It's the big female filthy quiz, which I don't think sounds right. (laughs) Well, it's better than the filthy female quiz. That sounds even worse. (laughs) Sorry. Right, Isil, it's over to you. And I will be be playing Andy Mack today. So I guess I'm first in the firing line. So I'm ready. Away you go, Isil. It's appropriate. So we have three rounds. The first round will be either or. Uh, So you will have two options, if not three, and you just choose the answer you feel is correct. There'll be one point for that. Second round is the missing word. Again, one point. So you just identify the missing word from headline. 
and the last round, you're getting three points for a correct answer because okay. it basically means you listened to some of the female segments over the co- course of the last few months. There'll be minus points if you don't get those okay. right. <laughs> First up, Alan. Yep. The only tennis player to win a Golden Slam, which is four Grand Slams and an Olympic medal Steffi in Graf. one year. Steffi Graf. There wasn't either or, but one point for you. The other <laughs> option, Williams. I just wanted you to be Serena Williams. <laughs> no, she isn't even at the level of Steffi. Okay, sorry. So I'm one point. Who am I going to leave? <clears throat> Danny, you are up next. Holly Doyle mm-hmm. made history when she became the first female jockey to win five races on the same card this year. What were the cumulative odds of her managing to win all five? Was it 750 to 1? 899 to 1 or 1020 to 1? Wow, that's a tough one. I knew Alan's question. Can I not have that one? No. <laughs> no, no um, that was mine. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. That sounds um, not beyond the realms of possibility, so I'll go straight down the line. I'll go 899. You are correct. Ooh. And she did yeah. <laughs> I don't think even her own family would have bet on her. Yeah, all, no. all those, all that time betting on the GGs is coming handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next question: Name the last woman to win the Sports Personality of the Year award in the UK. This was mentioned recently on the show. Was it? And this is for Derek, Jessica Ennisville yeah. or Zara Phillips? Um. To be honest, I, I'm going to go with the second one. <laughs> Guys, you're all doing very well. I think I made the quiz questions a little too deep. That you are right. We just know our women's sports. That's the thing. <laughs> so, Kate, you are next up. What? Uh, which boxing world champion announced this year that she was moving to PFL, which is MMA? Was it Jessica McCaskill or Clarissa Shields? Uh, to tell the truth, I don't know, well, uh, so the the first one? Unfortunately not, Ooh. that young lady actually came the other way, she came from MMA to boxing, so you had a 50-50 chance, sorry. <laughs> Nazar, you are up next. Okay. For what did Sue Brown make history in 1981? Was she the first woman to clear four metres in a pole vault or the first woman in the Oxford boat race? I'll go with the first. You are unfortunately wrong. Sue was in fact an Olympian who was a rower, which may have given it away if you'd known that answer. Oh, okay. (laughs) And Peter, you are coming with the last in the first round. Maria Sharapova retired this year. Which Grand Slam did she not win? You have four answers to choose from here. Wimbledon, the Australian, the French, or did she win them all? Wait, but isn't isn't, isn't there supposed to be a fourth one? <laughs> I get Yeah, there were, they were, these are your four to choose from. Wimbledon, Australia... French, or did she in fact win them all? Um, I don't know for sure, 
but I'm gonna press my luck and say that she won them all. You would be correct. So we have hey. a tie. Okay, so we are now going on to the give me the missing word section. I am so so glad that Andy is not here. Yeah. <laughs> it would be taken off air, Fanny Mike was here. Okay, exactly. <clears throat> I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. Sold. Some of these will also be from stories we've discussed over the course of the women's segment. First up, BBC Sports Personality of the Year highlights the something women face. Alan, that is from the Metro Sports this week. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, highlights the... I'm going to be very serious because I want to win this. Uh, discrimination? Very close, but not correct. And I'm only taking exact answers. Oh. Inequality. Was the word I was looking for? Oh come on! I always give you guys points for like. Okay, wasn't no. funny or interesting? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, I, I deserve half this. Okay. So, thank you. Okay. Next up for Danny, running with what in park helps Dina Asher Smith to stay in shape? <laughs> uh, dog. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Running with deer. Now, if oh, you're running with deer, deer. <laughs> Deer do not appreciate being chased and there's actually signs up generally in parks with deer to tell you not to chase them. So they may have kept her in shape, probably traumatised the deer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Next up, World Athletics for something, something, so two words with Nazar decision. And this was a piece we discussed earlier in the year. So that's for you, Derek. Can you say it again, please? World Athletics score something, something, so two words to fill in, with Nazar decision. Hmm, score... <laughs> oh, that's tough. Score... Uh... Oh, come on, you have to call him on time. You have to call him on time, he's waiting too long. He's probably looking on Google. Slow play. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, okay. Slow down. Coronavirus. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought you would get it. What would you, what would you possibly score? An own goal with their decision. Oh, oh. <sighs> Alan, you are getting into the lead here now. The next one is for Kate. Can the Williams sisters beat the clock before inevitable what? <laughs> this is, this, yeah. Alan. Keep your thoughts to yourself. This is a headline from Tennis Magazine this week. Uh, sorry, can you repeat, please? Can the Williams sisters beat the clock before inevitable what? What's the last word? What's inevitable for the Williams sisters again, Alan? <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> We're going to have to push on time. It is, unfortunately, retirement. So we're moving on to Nazar. Nazar, Simone Biles in, is bad at something and will not be doing it again. What did, <laughs> she, what, what did she discover this week? Um, I'd say boxing, maybe. <laughs> it turns out the Olympic gymnast is actually bad at Pilates. Ah. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, you're getting the last one. Okay, so the first two words are a lady's name 
Long wait for top MLB job shows what women are up against. Can you name the woman whose name is at the start of that sentence? Did you listen to me discuss this at length three to four weeks ago? Oh, of course, of course I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, we're, going to, we're, we're going to have to pass on. It was Kim Ng, who is the Miami Marlins. That was on Tiff's tongue. He was about to say that almost. Yeah, yeah I actually was. I was actually. Yeah. Was. Well, he, you know, he, he wishes she was on the tip of his tongue. Okay. He should move on quickly. Quickly. We only have two minutes to go. Two minutes to go. We have to get through all. Okay. First one for you. How did Stephanie, and I'm giving a 10 second limit on answers, how did Stephanie Frappar make history this year? Stephanie Frappar? Yeah. Stephanie Frapper. I'm not even going to Google it. Uh, she became the first women's referee of a rugby match? Or no, match? first of a Champions League match. Oh, God. I, oh. No, <coughs> oh, God. Okay. I knew she was a referee. Next I just couldn't up. remember what sport. Okay, sorry. You're getting a half point for that. Yay, Next up for Daniel. Daniel, name the Australian swimmer who ex- who was tested positive for Lingandrol this year and her excuses included the public pool must be contaminated, a blender she used may be contaminated or contaminated substances. It's an Australian female swimmer. Um, she, I don't know. Australia, Sheila, uh, Sheila Thorpe. <laughs> no. It was effort. It was in fact Sheena Jack. She, no way was her name Sheila, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> you're lying. The next up is for Derek again. Derek. Yeah. Name the first woman to play in a Power 5 college football game. We also mentioned this recently. We did. We did. We did? Yeah, American football. She was a kicker. Ah, okay. American, American. Her name must be Jones something. (laughs) Unfortunately not. (laughs) She would be Sarah Fuller. Okay, so we're down to... Okay. Last questions. Kate, for you, this is actually an either or. Who is known as the first lady of boxing? Is it Clarissa Shields, Katie Taylor, or Celia Cecilia Brackhouse? Uh, I think the second one. Unfortunately not. It is actually Cecilia Brackhouse. So we're down to our last two. Nazar and Peter, you are the only ones with a chance of beating Alan. Nazar, name the woman who was awarded FIFA's best female football player of this year. Oh, I actually saw the interview. I think she's from Arsenal, maybe. But uh, I don't I don't remember the name. Unfortunately, she actually is Man City. It's uh. Lucy Brown. And the last question for Peter, who can now steal it from Alan, the only person who can. Give the surname of this female fighting family. Elena and Valentina. Oh, Christ. Uh, 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 wait, oh, hold easy. up. Uh, 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 I'm going to have to call you on P- time. P- Peter did a piece on this actually last year. Him and Alex, they discussed it on the show. Wait, wait did ago. we? Yeah, you did. Just pick a Russian name. Pick a Russian name. Uh, 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 nothing comes to mind. Can I, get, can I get a letter at least? A first, like, come on. No, you can get a first letter. <laughs> 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 so, 